everyone, and welcome from the broadcast booth. I'm Gorilla Monsoon, along with my colleague, Jesse Devani Ventura. Yes, with these 90,000 plus on hand, you could, the electricity that's in the air, you could cut it with a knife. Well, I'll tell you, Gorilla, I'm pumped up. I'm ready for WrestleMania 3. Uh, you guys keep dropping these surprises on me. I thought this was going to be a car race when I got here. Randy Severs, the day has finally come. The minutes, the seconds, we have reached our moment. As you and I climb into the ring, we clash like two titans. But there will only be one winner. Get the dragon steel came back, yeah. But this time, in front of the largest audience in the world, I will not only embarrass you, not only pin you with the one, two, three count, but I'm going to put you out of wrestling for good. Oh, yeah, dragon. I am the lord and master of the ring. History beckons to macho man, yeah. Well, you know, I hope Pontiac, Michigan recovers, man. What are they going to think when the giant hits the ground? He feels the wrath of Hulkamania, and the whole world shakes at my feet. You'll see me now, and I'm going to the ring and bury me. It's not going to take me too long to come back right at the front of the camera with the world championship belt one by one. Look at the stare of the champion against the challenger. The irresistible force meeting the immovable object. Welcome to the WrestleMania House Show 3. Yes. My name is Joey. My name is Chris. And uh, I gotta say, it's all uphill from here. Well, we're going back into the time machine now to March 29th, 1987, and officially Pontiac, Michigan at the Pontiac Silverdome. Yes. Largest indoor crowd at that time, 93,173. Officially. Officially, yes. They they did get it in, inserted into the books, so whether they cooked it or not, <laughs> right. it's on record. Yeah. So it's official, so therefore I'm going with it as gospel. All right. I believe I, I heard the Pope beat it down the line at the New Orleans Superdome, and that is the only other thing that's been higher in the you know, whole United States until we get the mania out here. As, as, as the guy that doesn't believe anything ever, I'm going to say I dispute it. So okay, the Pope didn't draw as well as they said he did. No, I dispute the ninety three thousand one hundred seventy three. Yeah, okay, that'd have been way funnier if he healed the Pope. Though. <laughs> so Kurt Angle could get away with healing the Pope, right. <laughs> and they'd still cheer him. All right, moving on. We are at Pontiac, Michigan, the Pontiac Silverdome for WrestleMania three. Like I said, it's all uphill from here on out. Well, except next year. Well, uh, you know, as far as I'm talking about this particular oh, okay. isolated show. All right. Give, give, give us some breathing room and time before we get to WrestleMania 4. Oh, my God. That might have to be a two-parter. Uh, it's only a four-hour show. Su- are you going to subject, subject the viewers to two episodes of WrestleMania 4? Really? Yeah, right. What if we actually figure out a way to make that the shortest one of the whole series? I think that, that, would, be, that would be justice. That Reparations. Would be. <laughs> sure, whatever. <laughs> Keep <Sorry>. going. <laughs> anyway, we open up with Aretha Franklin, or as Vince McMahon likes to call her, the Queen of Soul, Miss Aretha Franklin. Yeah, uh, singing "America the Beautiful," and I, I, you know, we, I know it seems kind of weird that we do things like this, but I like it. I, I was having the conversation with Chris as we just rewatched the show. I think Aretha beat Ray Charles. Not on my all-time list of singers, yeah. but I think Aretha Franklin has the better America the Beautiful out of those two. We're, we're not judging them as musicians or people or anything else. It's based on the performance. The so. actual individual performance. Yeah. She came, she brought it, 
We I know Ray Charles knows how to play the piano. He didn't bring a piano to Mania right. too, so he just sang to a backing tape. And he did have there were like screeches or or like feedback yeah. or whatever going on. So yeah. so we're gonna give it to Aretha from now. She is the standard bearer of your national anthem slash America the Beautifuls for yes. WrestleMania from here on out. Yes. She's gonna have stiff competition in five. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> but all comedy aside, first match out the Can Am Connection. Rick Martell and Tom Zink. Can is Rick Martell and Am is Tom Zink. Canadian uh, and American. Yes, and uh, Minnesota and Rick Martell's from Montreal, I believe. Oh. So, yes. They face a... Uh, everything on the opposition side are Hall of Famers down the board, all the way to the manager. Yeah. We have the Magnificent Morocco, Ace Cowboy Bob Orton, and the devious one, Mr. Fuji at ringside. Yes. Interesting combination of personalities. Yeah, yeah, and 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 Orton and Morocco were a team for a long time. Yeah. They were actually an established tag team yeah. at this point, and and were for a few months after this until they broke up. But uh, what did you think of the opener, Chris? It was good. It was a solid opener. I mean, there aren't like really many stinkers on this show, and no. even the ones that aren't great wrestling, they're fun matches, you know, for the exactly. most part. And this is this was one too. So it was a good way to start off the show. Some good tag team action. So, and this is actually one of our, well, kind of a lower ranked, eh, mid ranked match for us on yeah. the show. So, teasing yeah, our good. match rank for the entire show till the end of the show. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, good tag team wrestling. You know, it's it's all textbook stuff. No complaints, nothing to gripe about. No blown spots. It's just a nice, solid opener. Yeah. Crowd liked it. It's not too long. Some yeah. good, good fast paced action. Yeah. Baby faces win. So. Yeah, a little schoolboy trip, high crossbody. That's all she wrote. A lot, yep. of, a lot of drop kicks, a lot of hip tosses. Yeah, of course. Rick Martel <laughs> got the pin on Morocco. So yeah, there you go. I like that you keep track of those things because I I always forget. So <laughs> thank you, Chris. No worries. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's not a lot to say about it yeah. though. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty just... vanilla, but it was still yeah. entertaining. You know? Yeah. It, and there's there's a lot more stuff that's really cool to talk about on the show. So kind of, I guess by the end of the show, you kind of forget about it. Yeah. But it doesn't mean it was a bad match. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of matches like that down the road yeah. in the series. That's for yeah. sure. And that's, I guess that's what WrestleMania is. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of not good on WrestleMania too. But there's a lot of really good stuff. But there's stuff that's so incredibly good that the yeah. other stuff just gets kind of forgot about, which is unfortunate. But yeah. you know, going back and rewatching everything like we yeah. do fairly often, actually. Yeah. Um, and this it's, is this yeah, is like reminded. Yeah, it's quality filler. Uh, that's what, sure. I mean, it's not yeah, a title. It's not a title saying. match. I know what you're saying. It's yeah. Getting guys on the card, quality filler, and I don't mean that in a I, negative yeah, way whatsoever. So that, that's how I feel about it. So. <laughs> and uh, they all did a great job. Well, Chris, we've been doing this since the beginning of this series, and it's going to continue until the very last episode. You know what time it is now? It's time for where are they now? Yes. And there are two guys in this match that do not appear again at WrestleMania, or at least in a massive major capacity. I am not counting cameos that come on down the line, because yeah, in yeah, one yeah. instance this will happen. Okay. But I figured it's okay and apropos to do it. I'll start here with the first one, Chris. Tom Zink. You know much about Tom Zink besides this match, Chris? He was the Z-Man, wasn't he? He was the Z-Man in right. WCW. Very good. He, that was two years afterwards. Before that, he made a little pit stop in the AWA. And I do know this, whenever the AWA title got vacated and they had a battle royal for the match, 
Tom Zink was the second-to-last man in that match, so he's the would-be AWA champion, but Larry Zabisco outsted him to become the new AWA world champion. Poor Tom Zink. Yeah. Yeah, the aforementioned WCW run, that was... I remember he made his debut, this is my bank, no notes. Fall Brawl, Clash of the Champions, 89, he debuted against the Cuban Assassin in a squash match, pretty much, and I remember that. Because I also remember J.R. taught me something, that he used the sleeper because he was the Z-Man. And he said that uh, uh, some of the wrestlers used to teach the servicemen that move in World War II before they went into ground combat. (laughs) So That's cool. Yeah, and then later on he had a a pretty successful WCW run. He won the U.S. Tag Team titles with Brian Pillman. So that was a fun team. I remember liking them a lot. And they they are actually two-time U.S. Tag Team Champions, won in a tournament final in 1990 versus the Freebirds, whenever the Steiners had to vacate the U.S. titles because they had won the World Tag Team titles. And then he goes on a little bit of singles action, and in 1990, he broke the one-year streak of Arn Anderson's TV title reign, so Hmm. I was very happy with that at the time, because I was a kid and I liked the baby faces, and I was sick of Arn Anderson... You know, holding that TV title like a piece of plastic because he never defended it. Right. So mad. But then he finally wins. And he's the second. <laughs> Tom Zink is also has the distinction of being the second to last WCW six band tag team title holders, <laughs> along with Dustin Rhodes and Big Josh, who made his appearance in WrestleMania 1 as Matt Bourne. Yeah. So. Um, there you go. There I is. T- remember that there was a six band title. Yeah. It's. It, it hasn't been around in literally 20 years yeah. so that's it zinc pretty much retires after like around the mid 90s or so that was that was the last uh the big things he did so yeah. moving on to the ace cowboy bob orton uh later on that summer actually him and morocco broke up and they had some subsequent matches with each other of course sure. which is the rule of the day when your team breaks up sure uh much like zinc he did also go to the awa but he went next year in 1988 Made a pit stop over in NWA in 1989, and I remember seeing him there, but that was the last I ever saw of Orton. I know he went to some of the, like, smaller majors, I guess, at the time, like UWFs, places like that. And um, really, that was it. He pretty much, he, he wrestled for probably about another good 10 years after this, but pretty much was retired by, like, mid to late 90s. Yeah. And uh, that's pretty much it. He didn't have a lot of activity. But in 2005, as it's very well known, he was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. And I I guess the next night, he helped out his son. But that's spoiler alert. So we'll save that. Yeah, I'll try to remember when that happened. Yeah, Yeah. we'll save that for later. And really the last appearance he's made uh, majorly was Old School Raw 2010, where he was attacked by Kane during the Orton-Kane feud. Yeah. There you go. The great cowboy Bob Orton. Always fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, Now on the opposite end of being fun to watch, we move on to the second match (laughs) of the night. Billy Jack Haynes versus Hercules, along with the first appearance of the great Bobby the Brain Heenan. It wasn't, uh, well, I guess, no, it wasn't a great match. It was, I mean, any match um, which the uh, full Nelson is like the determinant factor of the match, even though it's not a full Nelson match, it kind of turned into it you yeah know? exactly then it's you know you're gonna get kind of a a boring match so yeah it's, it was and i mean i like hercules i never i yeah. don't really know much about billy jack but yeah billy billy jerk Haynes. yeah 
really joking. Um, so, I mean, it was, yeah, it was two big guys wailing on each other and not very fast-paced and ends in a count-out, so... Hercules won't have a much better in four, I can promise yeah, you that. No. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I couldn't think of anything really to talk about in this match other than really what happened after the feud, because the feud doesn't really end there. Yeah. It's not the payoff that WrestleMania Well, he did get you. blood in this match, well, after the match happened. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there's, I guess there's that, if that's, if that's something good out of it, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, they, they go and Billy Jerk gets the, uh, full Nelson on, Hercules... They go out of the ring, and that's where it ends. He yeah. doesn't release the full Nelson. They get counted out, and then Hercules uses the chain on Billy Jack. And you, you, you said when we were watching it, like you saw him blade and cut himself. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's and right then, after he hits the mat, like immediately yeah. after the mat, he goes for the blade. Yeah. And then so. before that, Billy Jack like spits up on Hercules' yeah. back. Or yeah, something. <laughs> like the one of the last times I watched it, I thought he had thrown up on him, but I guess he just had a massive. You know, spit wad going on. Just unloaded it on Hercules. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you watch the match, uh, whenever he's there outside the ring, there's a close up on him, and he just like and just out comes all this. Wow. Yeah, it's like it looks like he took a mouthful of water and just like I don't know, spit it out. Yeah, it's like it's, it's it like, was the most entertaining part of the match. Yeah. So he had a hairball and he needed to get rid of it. Sure. My cat does it all the time. Sure. Wow. <laughs> so all right, and uh, like I said, I couldn't think of anything else to talk about this match. Besides the fact that I did find out that the feud did continue down the road, and they actually had chain matches, uh, so yeah. they probably should have booked that for Mania. What do you think? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Maybe a chain match instead. If you're gonna go all, if you're gonna go garbage all the way, might as well yeah. just put that up. But you know, hey, I I don't I don't make the rules. So. <laughs> Especially when you were what eight years old. <laughs> yeah, I was about eight years old then. Yeah, and and not yet a fan. Yeah. I, I had to. I remember hearing the buzz about the show from yeah. my friends, and that was really one of the first times it came into my consciousness. Right. So. Well, Chris, once again, we're going to be doing this a lot. It's pretty much for the first half of the show. Everybody in the second half is pretty safe, but yeah. it's time once again for where are they now, Chris? Billy Jack Haynes. Well, what I he didn't come back. Oh my! Wow. Oh, yeah, I, I know you missed him. <laughs> Even if we could have just had him in the WrestleMania 4 Battle Royal for that big what-if. Yeah. Or, hey, why not in the tournament, right? <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> but, uh, apparently, Billy Jack was fired later that year. Not apparently, he was. <laughs> fired later that year. And he did that thing that's so weird. Uh, you know, I've heard this a lot in talks and shoot interviews uh, over the years about people that don't want a job in their hometown. I don't understand it. Oh yeah. I mean, that has to—that's that, just ego, not wanting yeah. to do it. Because it's great for business to job in your hometown because yeah. it creates massive heat for your opponent. Exactly, and it it makes you like when you do get the eventual win, it makes you look that much better, yeah. you know, yeah. in the end. Do it the if, next time yeah. around on the tour. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Do that. Didn't Jr. get like his arm broken in his hometown? Yeah, he had to kiss McMahon's butt and in his that, hometown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, take a take a cue from Jr. He knows what <laughs> yeah. he knows, or he probably got. Maybe got forced to do it. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't think he was a massive fan of the segment. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but <laughs> at the same time, uh, Billy Jack was apparently in a tag team match in his hometown of yeah. Portland, Oregon, and he refused to do the job. Meanwhile, he could have been nice enough to probably get the finish changed to where at least they would have pinned his partner, right. probably, but yeah. he he wouldn't hear of it, period. So they fired him on those grounds, yeah. and that was pretty much it. And he never ever resurfaced in WWE or WWF and definitely won't in the Hall of Fame either but more oh, yeah. less on that later actually 
Uh, I didn't know this, but there was a really just random role-playing guy in WCW in the early 90s under a executioner's mask. It was the executioner? It, it was not the executioner, and it was not the one for, yeah, from our 64 yeah. game. <laughs> right. But uh, there was a guy by the name of Black Blood, and that was apparently Billy Jack Haynes in a mask. What was this? This was like in the early 90s, like 91, 92. I remember them lining up a bunch of random weird monsters for like Sid Vicious and Luger to fight, like the big guys. I think maybe like Kevin Sullivan or an Ox Baker or something like that had a hand in managing these guys. Paul Lee was probably in the mix somewhere too, but Black Blood was about as memorable as my memory of him. So That was him? That was him. That was Billy Jack. Basically, uh... Like I said, never got the job again in WWF, but really the the real reason why stems from 1992 during Vince's steroid trial hearing. Billy Jack would go on TV shows, and I don't know if he went up to the actual jury or not, but yeah. he was very outspoken against Vince. So really no more work after that. He retired in 1996 as an active competitor, and... Really, all that's left that I want to say about Billy Jack Haynes, because there's way more, but if you really care to know, you can go look on the internet. It's out there. Yeah. I, I, don't... I think I'm going to not do that. Yeah. he's uh, He earned his nickname, that's for sure. <laughs> but uh, moving on. Moving on. Let's, let's move on to something positive, Chris. It's time for the mixed six-person... Well, it's all six-man. I mean, they're all man. Don't, don't yeah, but it's still a mixed tag match. Yeah, yeah. So and they, they are all people. So midgets are people, too. Yeah. Joey. They, they, they I are. always have to tell you that. But they Some are of my people. best friends are midgets. <laughs> um, Can you yeah. do it without reading the paper? What's the match card? Yeah. Uh, King Kong Bundy with um, Little Tokyo and the Haiti Kid. No, no. No, I, Lord Littlebrook. Yes. Lord Littlebrook and Little Tokyo and King Kong Bundy versus Hillbilly Jim, Little Beaver, and the Haiti Kid. Yes, very good. Yeah. See, look at that. I, I was watching him. No paper. Yes. You are a professional, Chris. I am professional. So, fun match. And, with the added bonus, you got Bob Euchre in the booth. Yeah. Who I love. <laughs> Do no wrong. Yeah. You got him in the boiler. It's got to take a lot out of you when you get him in the boiler like that. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was going to be a car race. <laughs> yeah. With those names? Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, Bob so, Euchre, I like that. And, uh... Oh, man. It, you know, it's funny, all this time, I remember they were saying, when they shaved the Haiti kid's head before WrestleMania two, yeah. it was a shameful act, but he right. kept the mohawk. Yeah, he left it there. <laughs> He's like, you know what, I kind of like this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like any hair match or whatever, it's always just because a guy wants a haircut. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> just need an excuse. Yeah. But ba- back to the sixth man. Uh, super entertaining match. It's... It by no means a uh, still wrestling classic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's fun to watch. Yeah, Hillbilly Jim does a cartwheel before the even, the match even starts. Yeah. so you know it's going to be amazing. Does the Robo really hurt in real life? You think? The, That's what uh, I always wanted. When they were the, like the four mid, uh, midgets are in the ring, yeah. dwarves or whatever they're called. I don't know. Yeah. Um, they're in the ring and uh, they do the thing where they pull the legs like to the side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess it probably extend it out. I mean, stretches your groin. I'm sure it doesn't feel good yeah. unless you can do the. It's just, unless you're like Jean Claude Van Damme, you can do the splits. Uh, yeah, and he's like taking a nap while it's happening. Right? Rob Van Damme, for Rob that Van matter. Damme. Yeah. <laughs> so, but other than that, yeah, I mean, their legs are really little and they don't go very far out, so I'm sure it hurts. Uh I, I guess that's my reasoning. I don't okay, know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing color commentary on the match, although I could. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, 
a lot of a lot of little people. A lot, a lot of beaver all over the place, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, in the first part of the match, and then the big guys get tagged in, and then uh, Bundy Be- ends up squashing uh, a little beaver. Yeah, body slam and elbow drop. Yeah, wants to do the splash, doesn't get it. Yeah. Even his even his midget buddies are no longer his buddies yeah. anymore because of his hand. So then it's five on one, or actually like yeah, maybe like two and a half on two. Yeah. Like adding up all the people together. Like if they all sit on each other's shoulders, that that's how it'd be. Yeah, and and the the, the the karma really stays unbalanced because Hillbilly only gets to punch Bundy one time in the <laughs> right. head and he's out of there. Yeah. It's like that's not even close. Right. It's <laughs> not even close at all, sir. Yeah. But uh, you know, it, as I'm doing, of course, you know, I'm gonna do a quick where are they now? Not a short one, but a quick one on the remaining four midgets. In, in this match, and I couldn't find a whole lot about him, Chris. I do apologize. Yeah. I was not able to get the research I really wanted out of it. Literally, if you go to any of the bios of any of these guys, this is all it says. Haiti Kid died 2010. <laughs> okay. That's all it's got. I think he was in a few movies, but, you know, that's good. That's good work if you can get it. Yeah. So, Little Tokyo, uh, I did find out he went to world-class championship wrestling in addition to Windy City Wrestling, yeah. which obviously is in Chicago. The only other stuff I could find out about Little Tokyo is that he got tongue cancer at the age of 69 and then died two years later. Oh. Not sure if it was a result of that, but that's all I was able to find. Yeah. Lord Littlebrook I actually knew a little bit about before I ever saw his match at Mania 3. Yeah. Because when I first started watching, he was a bad guy manager in the NWA. <laughs> He managed Jacko Victory and Rip Morgan, the royal family. Uh, so I remember him strutting around, holding the thing. And he also managed the the, the sheep herders, who oh, you yeah. know better as the bushwhackers. That's so, interesting. Yeah, he was the bad. He was the go-to bad guy midget manager. If there ever was one, it was Lord Littlebrook. <laughs> but interestingly enough, he in the, his early part of his wrestling career. Apparently, Lord Littlebrook was an innovator. He is one of the first guys to ever get credit using quote-unquote high-flying maneuvers. <laughs> so, and midget matches are usually so grounded, you know. I mean, of course, because seen... they're like two feet tall. <laughs> grounded. Of course it is. No pun intended. Wow. Third short joke. <laughs> uh, you know, I know the minis were pretty cool in Lucha, but uh, yeah. besides that... Uh, but he they was... never get more than four feet off the ground. That's not really high-flying, is it? <laughs> it's like medium-flying... Oh, know. God, I wish Heenan was here right Low now. flying matches. Heenan would be killing us right now <laughs> if he was here. Uh, I also do know that Lord Littlebrook had a hand in training the great Colonel De Beers and the natural Butchreed, who we'll be discussing later on in the show. <laughs> That's kind of awesome, actually. I would love to see Lord Littlebrook train, like, these gigantic guys. <laughs> yeah, Butchreed. That would be the most entertaining match ma- I've ever seen. fit him in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and Lord Littlebrook, also a, a, a member of the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, in addition to the Canadian Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. <laughs> nice. So he's got double gold in the yeah. Hall of Fame right there. And uh, apparently he has two sons that are also wrestling, Chris and Bobby. Are they full size? I, you see, I don't know. I don't know. So that that's all I was... Uh, I did find out a decent yeah, amount about yeah. Lord Littlebrook, so I was very happy about that. Little Beaver, that was his last match. You, the first time yeah. any of us saw Little Beaver, we were seeing his last right. match. Suffered a back injury as a result of this match, which he was 52 at the time of this match. Yeah, I think that probably had something to do with it, too. You know, yeah. 
like just decades of wrestling. Yeah. You can take a big, big, huge spot like that. That's yeah. it. But what a way to go out. Yeah. Yeah, so, definitely. Uh, One of the most memorable matches in Mania history, honestly. I mean, yeah. if you've seen WrestleMania 3, you remember that match. Exactly. So uh, about eight years later, in 1995, uh, died. So mm-hmm. they go, none of none of the midgets at all are with us anymore at this time. That's sad. Yeah. Or actually, uh, Little Brook's still kicking around, but they say that he's not doing well. Ah. So, yeah. There. So that's depressing. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to bring the whole show down. Let's go back to midget violence. <laughs> Super heavyweight on <laughs> midget <way> violence. <laughs> yes. So King Kong Bunny squashed this midget. <laughs> it's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. yeah that, what happened to midget wrestling? You know? They well, still I mean, do it in Mexico. I've seen it yeah, yeah, recently, yeah. but... You put, like, a gorilla suit on him or something <laughs> yeah, like they that. Do. <laughs> see that. See that spot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Vince tried it. He, he I know, just, he did. I, I like Vince's mentality. It's like, they got cruiserweights? Yeah. Let's bring, in the, let's bring the midgets <laughs> <Yeah>. back. It's <laughs> yeah. fun, but I mean, yeah. you know, just... Next match, we have the humiliation matches. I remember it said on my old Coliseum video. Oh, was it officially a humil- humiliation match? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the, the king, Harley Race. It's weird saying that. As much as I'm a Harley fan, yeah. calling him the king is still weird to me. Yeah. And uh, I realize this was the whole reason why Lawler sued Vince in the first place. Yeah. But uh, you got the king, Harley Race, along with Bobby the Brain Heenan once again, and the deer in the headlights herself, the fabulous <laughs> yeah. Moolah. Yeah. All due respect, all due respect. <laughs> She didn't look like she had ever seen a camera before in her life. In the, in the, she was just standing there like a statue. She was holding the pillow for the, the where the crown was, was sitting on while they were doing their interview. Yeah. And even, and then when they when they finished the interview, they cut and like because the screen does that thing where it like shrinks and like flies into the middle of the screen. Yeah, you get and crazy face. It's a still it. picture that they put in there when it when it switches and it's just her smiling like really big and she wasn't smiling the entire time. <laughs> it's like the Joker. Yeah, it's not like they transitioned. They just put it in there and yeah. then cut it out. I'm like, yeah. what just happened? Yeah, it's really creepy. I'm gonna dream about that tonight. I think. <laughs> of but, all of all the versions they've released of this, yeah. the one we watched this evening that we're referring to is the. Uh, Championship edition of WrestleMania three because my VHS copy was pretty bad off. So, but yeah, yes, watch that version and you'll see where we're talking about that face. Yeah. Like, just zoom in on it, take a still shot of it, and it's scarier than even the uh, the faces they you know insert into The Exorcist. You know? <laughs> right, <laughs> disturbing. But uh, I can Har- see that superimposed on a bedroom door. It's <laughs> frightening. But he's but Bob, taking on one Bob of our Uecker, Bob Uecker liked it though. Oh yeah, he, he was crazy for Mula. Yeah. Because he was in the booth for that, like we said, for the the mixed tag, and once he sees Mula, once that once that shot of her smiling, he freaks out. He's like, "Oh, that's Mula! I got I got to get down there! I got to go!" Okay, so my theory on that is right. either she hypnotized him right. with that crazy face, yeah. or uh, Bob Uecker's a lot like Coach on Cheers, where he talked about how he used to lean into the pitches so he can get on base. So he right. probably took a few, you right. know, to the head. Uh, maybe that's why. Maybe so. No. Anyway, Harley is taking on one of our favorites, the yeah. great Junkyard Dog. Yeah, the Yin and Yang here. This matchup, and, yeah. uh, you know, of course, Dog won't bow to anybody at all, but he kind of wants to be the king a little bit anyway. Yeah. So it's fun. It's a fun match, man. This is uh, Harley bumping his ass all over the ring <laughs> for the Dog. He just flies out of the ring for no reason, like four or five times. This is great. I mean. <laughs> This is his only wrestling appearance at WrestleMania, which is weird. Yeah. As as legendary and as great as he is, but you know, 
by the time Mania came around, he was kind of at the twilight of his career. Yeah. We understand yeah. that, but yeah. he gives it his all in this match. It's yeah. so entertaining. He takes a header to the floor. Yeah. He he bangs his face on the apron. <laughs> like, yeah. like just, it's so fun to watch. He deserved to win the match. He, he tries. He tries to headbutt Junkyard Dog, and he hurts himself. And yeah. ju- Junkyard's like, "What?" Yeah. The gorilla's like, "I don't think he scouted Junkyard Dog." <laughs> no, obviously not. <laughs> that was awesome. That was I love cool. JYD because he's so like he's so mellow about it because he does the interview at the beginning too. Yeah. And Gene's asking him, and like Harley Race and the Brain are all like amped up, and Junkyard Dog's like, "Yep, yeah, I'm gonna go out there and do my best." Yeah, it's like in that in that voice, that iconic voice. So. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so, that was great. Love the JYD. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Harley actually did win the match, kind of out of nowhere. I mean, they were going back and forth, and gets a nice belly to belly suplex, and gets the pin clean. So absolutely. So yeah, after that, I mean, it, it's weird. It just kind of comes out of nowhere, but Harley Race gets a out of nowhere perfect, like perfectly executed belly to belly suplex, yeah. which after all the weirdness of the match seems very out of place. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just like headbutts and yeah. and and weird bumps and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, here's a here's a really really slick belly to belly, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. Dog tries to kick out, and some would argue that he did. It was yeah, it was kind of we- I mean, I think the referee like made it really long three count. And Junkyard Dog kind of anticipated, because you know how people, like, right after three, they'll do the kick-out thing? Yeah. And he did, and it looked close, but he still got him. Yeah. He, he did. did. I mean, there, it's, there's no question watching it, but in my opinion. But. Yeah. Is Harley the only heel that wins clean? I think so, yeah. I, think I was so. looking back over. I think everyone else is either, like, trunks or something, something crazy going something, on. Something devious. Yeah. So, all right. Dubious circumstances. Yes. But, uh, anyway. Humiliation match. And uh, what do you think of the the post match shenanigans on that, Chris? With the uh, it was it was cool. I mean, it's a, he JYD kind of bowed, but not really. And then he just like uh, took the took the uh, um, cloak away from him and started yeah. like wearing it and just nailed him in the face yeah. with a chair too, yeah. <laughs> which doesn't happen anymore. So seeing yeah. that tonight was, <laughs> I was like, wow, I hadn't seen one of those in a while. <laughs> that was kind of in the face. It was yeah. the front. Up, upper body, yeah, a little area, bit of a chin so. check, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. But yeah, so uh, and then after that, we could see Hulk's first backstage promo. One of two, yeah, one of two. He's got the like the the stupid headband that I hate that he wears that makes his head look like gigantic. Yeah, and his bald spot is like and like twice the size that it really should be. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. Do you? Think, I don't even remember what he talked about. But. Do you think all that was planned though? Because the whole Hulk thing, like he's Hulk, like he's up. actually growing like the out Incredible of his clothes. Hulk, yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> which is which explains the rips yeah. and all that. You think that you think probably that was... it just makes it look stupid. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that it does. <laughs> so. And the words that come out of his mouth don't help a lot either. No. I don't like he's. I don't know what he was saying. I don't remember. I sure we're going. Is he gonna? I thought he was gonna talk before his match. I'm like, yeah, he probably is. Yeah. <laughs> and he's in Vince McMahon's like space bubble. Yeah. He's just kind of like leaning back into the side. <laughs> Vince has this look on his face, like Hogan cut the cheese while he was <laughs> like, doing what? his interviews. Like, he's like confused or stinky or something. Yeah, something like that. But and then the next matchup was the uh, Rougeaus versus the Dream Team of uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine and Brutus Beefcake before he was the barber. Yeah, that's just on the horizon. I mean, yeah. we're, well, because he actually shows up later yeah. on, which yeah, we'll get to in a minute. We're awfully close here with yeah. that fabulous Rougeos, really early on in their WWE career. How cool is yeah. that? That put them in Mania. All right, they're yeah. fun to watch. Yeah. Jacques and Ramon, and the former tag team champions, Dream Team, accompanied by Canadian strongman Dino Bravo and luscious Johnny Valiant, 
And uh, this is a this is a fun tag match. It's really cool. Of course, uh, I think they definitely got the shaft in this sense, you know, because Bobby Heenan comes in the booth, storms in, and and yeah. that kind of takes over. You yeah. know, they, they they can't even call the match properly towards right. the end of it, but you know, I guess it is what it is. But yeah. everybody was really solid in the match. Match was all of like five minutes maybe, and uh, that was it. I, I I always love seeing the the uh, the elbow smash off of the ropes. The Rougeos were oh, yeah. that was like one of their best moves. And uh, as much as it's fun to watch, I will never understand the flying tea bag as a finisher for as long <laughs> as I live. Right. Yeah, I guess, can uh, you explain that at all, Chris? I, uh, no, not really. Who was it? Jacques that comes off the top rope. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think, think so. so. And because he has one, of, I don't remember which one it was. Um, Ramon has him up yeah. into like it looks like they're gonna go for like maybe a clothesline or something, but nope, yeah. he like jumps and like crotch first into the guy's face. Yeah. So it, if you ever watch the show, like pause it down right as soon as they finish because the look on Jacques' face is priceless because he's like, "Ow, why did I do that?" <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm not really sure, but. You know, whatever, whatever works. Who knows? But the whole, really, the whole purpose of this match—that's what almost kind of reeks of being a TV match. The entire purpose of the match is to debut Dream Team Two, because Beefcake oh, gets yeah. ousted for hitting Valentine during the match accidentally, yeah. and Dino Bravo gets in their ear and says, "Ah, you don't need this guy." And yeah, that's it. The well, because Dino helped. Uh, Dino Bravo helped. He. He hit Ramon, or, and um, so Valentine got the pin exactly. on Ramon. And then, yeah, Brutus, like you said, he bumped into Valentine, or he hit him by accident. Yeah. And he's like, "What? why? So they leave in the in the, the cart. We haven't even talked about the cart yet. Yeah, the, the, oh, I love the, the cart. The ring cart that looks like a miniature, like, two-foot-by-two-foot ring yeah. that takes him out. They get back in there, and so those three go off, and Brutus is left in the in the ring with the Rougeos. Yeah. He's got to hitchhike all the way back. Yeah. <laughs> That's a long walk, too. Yeah. The walk of shame. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they only brought the carts back for WrestleMania six, I believe. So I, I kind of want them to come back. You know, if they ever if they ever bring it out here, that's what I want. Yeah, well, if they have an old school WrestleMania, maybe. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. Don't put that thought in my head, because I'm just going to want it now. Right. Well, Chris, out of all the participants in this match, do you think I have to do where are they now? Um, oh, I believe I do. Luscious Johnny Valiant made his last Mania 3 appearance, probably with one of the weirdest promos ever. Qu'est-ce que c'est? I can't even understand what he was saying, (laughs) even if he was talking English. (laughs) I don't know, whatever. Uh, But, you know, I didn't know too much about Luscious Johnny Valiant post-wrestling life, but apparently he's got a pretty decent agent. He's been uh, touring around as a comedian, doing a one-man show, even as of, like, lately. Okay. And he's got a lot of acting credits under his belt. Oh, that's cool. Uh, the uh, major, two of, arguably two of the biggest television shows of the last decade, Law & Order and The Sopranos, he has appeared on multiple episodes of them. Yeah. Even if it's as an extra, that's pretty cool work right there. <laughs> right. So, and here's another thing, unless he's completely lying about his age, the man's only 66 as of this year. That could be true. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway. The only other thing I can tell you about Johnny is that uh, if you want any payoff as to how the Dream Team 2 versus Beefcake thing paid off, is that I actually saw this in the last few years. Johnny actually comes out of retirement, quote-unquote, yeah. and wrestles Brutus for his initial babyface singles matches. Huh. And Brutus did put the sleeper on Johnny, and cut his hair. And that was pretty much one of the last appearances Johnny ever made. The only other uh, things I could mention about his post-WWF career 
right before he left, actually, he was the original manager for Demolition. Hmm. He introduced them and brought them to the ring initially. That's cool. But then Fuji got the nod after a couple of matches. Yeah. Goes over to the AWA and manages probably one of the most underrated tag teams you're ever going to find in the Destruction Crew, hmm. Mike Enos and Wayne Bloom. I got that first time out. And uh, they later became the Beverly Brothers, but he was the guy that turned them into this unstoppable tag team initially. So much so, I believe they're still the only tag team that ever won Rookie of the Year oh, from okay. Pro Wrestling Illustrated. That's cool. So, there you go. That's, uh, that's all I got on Johnny V, and that's all WrestleMania has for him as well. Cool. Speaking of haircutting, though, yeah. move on to the next match. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the next match was a retirement match for a Rowdy Rowdy Piper, but that wasn't a stipulation. That was just he was going to retire, yeah. so this was his last match before he retired. Win, lose, or draw. Yeah, it was actually a haircut match mm-hmm. um, with Piper versus Adrian Adonis. Yes, the adorable one from Manhattan, yes. along with the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, who really earned his paycheck that yeah. night. It was basically a handicap match. Yeah. That was good. And a great one. Yeah. One of the best you're ever going to see. Dave Hebner was refereeing that match. and I, Who really should have just been at ringside with the timekeeper. Yeah. <laughs> He's He never stops yelling at Piper yeah. the entire match. That's yeah. all he does. He yells at Piper and then he ca- he counts. That's it. They should have too or much. he doesn't even count because he, he ends up, uh, Piper beats Adonis with a sleeper. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. There's no three count <laughs> He doesn't win anything. Well, he's just saving his energy for the Intercontinental <laughs> right. title match, really. His yeah. hand's going to hit the mat plenty right. for the rest of the night. They yeah. should have had too much Coffee Man referee yeah. uh, in that match. You, if you know you know who I'm talking about out yeah. there, people. Too much Coffee Man. He's kind of balding uh, on in the front. and he just, His eyes are always wide, and he always looks angry and jittery. Yeah, yeah he's got those, like, dead eyes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. But, yeah, this was, it was... I like the match. I it, mean, Piper is amazing, and so... Like, it's, it's yeah. not a... This one isn't a Matt Classic either, of course. Adrian Adonis. Adrian Adonis is deceptively good in the ring. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Always was, always had been, and, yeah, I, 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 he's so underrated to this day. Yeah. When are you ever going to see a guy that size take a Ric Flair bump in the corner? I yeah. Mean, come on. Yeah. But and, he wasn't really showing off any moves in this, because it was, no. yeah, it was it was throwing Jimmy Hart at Adonis and, and just... Vice versa. Yeah. Vice versa, yeah, so... Whipping him with the belt. Yeah. Getting whipped back. Yeah, because Piper brought a belt to the ring. And yeah. Very, like, right in the beginning of the match. <laughs> it's like, they they set the tone for that match in five seconds. Yeah. They swung for the fences. Oh, wait, here's a belt. Yeah. Whack. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was fun. Oh, God, I can't say enough nice things about this match. It's, uh, it, it so many things. That's it, the end of Piper as a full-time wrestler. Of course, yeah. he comes back for spots later on. Yeah. And it's the last major match of Adonis's career, and uh, it's just, there's so many historical implications in this match. This yeah. is one of the first, if I may say so, actually the one of the first instances of this is what WrestleMania is all about. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. It's a very marquee match. Even, yeah. even re-watching it so many years later, it's still like, these guys look like they hate each other, and this yeah. means something, it's important. Yeah. If, uh, there were. It's pivotal. I mean, because like we mentioned just a second ago, Brutus, because um, yeah. Adonis cuts a promo before the match, and he actually has the shears yeah. that Brutus is known the for. Hedge clippers. Yeah, the hedge with the with the bow on it, and I think yeah. there was a leopard print. Leopard so they the looked blades. like they already. It's a dragon on the blade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they looked like they already belonged to to Beefcake. Yeah. Because um, after the match, Piper does win, and then Brutus comes out to like help him 
do the haircut, basically. Yeah. And such the barber is born. Yeah. You know? So it so was many just pretty cool. So I and but see, <laughs> Brutus was already wearing like the tights with the rips and cuts in them. Yeah. I had always assumed when I was a kid because I don't I don't know if I saw this match before I actually really started watching. Yeah. I'd always assumed that it was because he was carrying the shears and he just like cuts everything up. Yeah. But he already had it before that, so yeah, yeah. he just <laughs> likes to show off a lot of skin. I guess yeah. I don't know. I bet Jesse hated Brutus just because he stole all of these great. I- not stole, but he had all these cool ideas. Like, man, I should have thought of that when I was wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, but my favorite, my favorite part is, of course, the they use the clippers. They go for the clippers first. Yeah. Of course, that never works, and they always have to. They're like trying to cut the hair, and it's not working. And they're digging it into the guy's head, <laughs> and so they're like, "Nah, give me the scissors." <laughs> have and you so, seen that footage where they try to do it to Raven in yeah. the early days of TNA, and they just bleed his head yeah. just three or four times over? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> laughing at it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so yeah, and then so they get the scissors out and they cut it, and he's got all this like mangled hair. And he gets up and he's kind of dazed because he just woke up from the sleeper hold. Yeah. And he had brought out a mirror to the ring, and yeah. Piper holds it up to him, and Adonis turns around like slowly. And it's yeah. like one of those things like it, you're like up in the middle of the night, and you have to get up to do something, and you're still half asleep, and you see a mirror, and it like shocks you. Yeah, that's what happened because he looks around, he's he's like shocked, and then he punches the mirror. Yeah, that's my favorite part of the show. I Punching think. the mirror and going after him with a double axe handle and yeah. missing. Yeah, and then he just slips out of the ring basically, and that's yeah. it. It's uh, it's it's very amazing, and uh, you know, after that, he, you know, even after that great performance, I don't know what happened, but I know that he didn't stay in WWF much longer after that if at all and he just pretty much hit the indie circuit after yeah. that and he worked consistently for a whole year and uh, you know this sadly I can't say this is aware of they now I mean, a lot of these aren't unfortunately but yeah. uh, Adrian Adonis was he was going out to a show it was the 4th of July 1988 the year after this match and it was in a town called Lewisport Newfoundland and I think that's in Canada Newfoundland yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, the guy that was driving just—they swerved to hit an a- uh, to, to miss an animal on the road. Apparently, probably a moose. Probably a moose, and apparently it just went right into a lake. The driver is the only one that lived in that whole car. There was four other wrestlers in the car with Adrian. I, I still can't find their names for some reason, but they weren't obviously not household names or famous guys. But yeah, sadly, a- Adrian just died on the road. It wasn't even his fault. No, oh. no drugs or anything like that. Just uh, yeah, it's just really sad because he was a true talent. Yeah, you know. Need more unique people like that today. Yeah. So, uh, that's all. I'm sorry. Every time I have the time, I do these. Where are they now? Just bring it down. Bring it on well, down. As though, we but, continue uh, through the years, I think that'll be less and less. But yeah, I hope so. But yeah, let's once again get back on the positive train. Uh, did anything happen between the retirement match and the next match, Chris? Anything? Uh, fun? Well, basically, they cut back. Well, they cut back to the booth, and Jesse's not there. Oh yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Euchre's back up there, I think. Yes. And uh, they were saying like, Jesse, oh, he's such an egomaniac. He has to go down to the ring to get introduced. Yeah. And so they introduced Jesse Ventura, and, yeah. and he gets that's, a pop. That's it. Yeah. yeah. He's just he there gets a to reaction. Get introduced. For sure. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I got Predator coming out this summer. Go see it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's gonna be a lot of fun. It. Yeah. And then they do uh, like the uh, the Hart Foundation and Danny Davis cut a promo with uh, Jimmy Hart. So yeah, and that's the next match. Jimmy Hart is super duper. Jimmy Hart's so serious in this promo. Yeah. It's like he just got back from the Adonis match and he's all like just full of adrenaline. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to tell you, let me tell you something. Yeah. He's just, he's hyper as hell yeah. in this interview. More so than he ever has been, and that's saying something. Yeah, right. But uh, this is one of those great good old day syndrome moments wherever it's like, 
this this match was built up over an entire year. Yeah. They pulled it off. And at the time, maybe they didn't even realize they were doing it. Right. But it just worked out so well. I don't know how long they thought about in advance that Danny Davis was going to be a wrestler. Yeah. Uh, because he was trained for it, but he was just a referee. Right. And he had a hand in Macho Man beating Tito Santana for the Intercontinental title. Still a great finish if you ever go back and watch it. I won't spoil it, but, uh, yeah, you know, he definitely just let Macho get away with a lot in that match. But the Hart Foundation thing was blatant. He was yeah. just obviously on the take. Right. Uh, you know, he let... The, the, they stole the titles from the Bulldogs. There's yeah. no question about it if you watch the match. So, yeah, these guys have revenge on their mind. I'm speaking of the British Bulldogs and Tito Santana, Chris. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's why you were speaking of them. They were that was a six man tag match: Hart Foundation, Danny Davis versus the British Bulldogs and Tito Santana. Okay, now the question arises: This oh. is a debut, right? Uh, Davis. Yeah, they said this is the first time he's wrestled, yeah. so he's making his debut at WrestleMania, much like we had this year with two different people. And yeah. ever at the. Or, uh, I was like, has that ever happened is before? That, was that his first time wrestling, or first time wrestling at WrestleMania? Now, I don't know, but, yeah. uh, you know, maybe we'll have to hang on to this and I'll uh, tease yeah. it for Ma- the Mania 4 special, or not so special. <laughs> but right. uh, I, that's what they said in the booth, so I'll yeah. tell you what, I'm going to go back and I'm going to I'm gonna let you know by this time, because Davis will be wrestling in, in the Battle Royal, so yeah. I, I'll find out then, because right. that's where I get to do my Where Are They Now on him. Right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, due to the fact that this was a six-man match and the Hart Foundation were actually the champs at the time, there was no tag title on the show. For the so, first time. Yeah, for the first first, first time of many. But yeah, not the last, <laughs> that's for sure. So uh, At least the tag champs were actually on the show, though. So yeah. That's, that's... Yeah, exactly. That, that That's a big deal for me. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I've probably already said this a couple of times. I will say it a couple of more times before this special is over. I can't say enough nice things about this match. Yeah. For a match that's from an era that maybe some fans don't even look to, like 1987, this is a solid, entertaining, great spots, believable-looking moves. Oh, yeah. It's just super fun, and it never runs out of gas. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, they build the characters up really well just in the course. If you hadn't, if you have no idea what's going on in the world of wrestling in 1987, they let and you, you know. just watch this match, they let you know, not just with Gorilla giving the backstory really quickly in the beginning, yeah. But also just in the ring, they yeah. let you know what's going on because Danny Davis is such a butthole in that match. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> and, and, and further proving the point of how good the storyline is, yeah. you were talking about what Gorilla said. Even Mary Hart and Bob Uecker are emotionally invested yeah. in this match, and you yeah. and, and you feel that. Yeah. Even Matilda is amazing in this match. Yeah. <laughs> Before they take her away. She bolts for Jimmy. I don't know yeah. how they pulled that off. As, as soon as she touches the ring, she's like beelines right for him. Yeah. How do they do that? And she doesn't go after anyone else. It's just Jimmy. They must have trained her to yeah. to go after him. I mean, do they just show her pictures of Jimmy all day and know. dangle treats in the front <laughs> of the picture? Or I don't, maybe so. What is it? Yeah. I, that that's just that. Maybe he had like a dog whistle uh, function on his megaphone. Maybe he did. Maybe so. There you go. <laughs> wow, you're thinking outside the box. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, this match is great. 
the debut of the Tombstone pile driver yeah. in WrestleMania from out of nowhere. Yeah. You think he's going to go for a power slam, and then all of a sudden he makes he, that one yeah. shift. You're like, oh hell! Yeah, bulldog on the Davis, a, a jumping Tombstone pile yeah. driver at that. <laughs> Davis, yeah, he earned his paycheck. Yeah, yeah. Towards <laughs> the end of that match, he because it ended up being Davis and Bulldog. Uh, uh, Davy Boy in the ring after five kicks. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> they make the mistake. Yeah, and Bulldog not picking him up, but he, he doesn't go for the pin. He no. just keeps. He does a power slam. He does a pile driver. He does all these moves. And Gorilla's enjoying it, but his words yeah. that he said way earlier in the show, because this was after Hercules picked up Billy yeah. Jack and match, because you have a chance to put a guy away, you take it. Yeah. And Jesse's like, Gorilla, did you always do that? Absolutely, yeah. but now, he's enjoying this. Yeah. He's enjoying this. <laughs> well, I mean, I love Gorilla, but he he's guilty as anyone is any baby faces of uh, morals that can be twisted and like, uh, yeah. So. The, their logic does yeah. uh, is inconsistent at yeah. times. They're they're as biased as anyone else. Yeah. So how many major moves has Davis taken that match? I, don't know, I, a bunch. I know. I know of it, I know that Santana gives him a flying forearm, a massive backdrop, a little bit of a figure four, and then uh, does Dynamite get a piece of him at all in that I match? I can't remember. No, he's the one that gives him the tombstone. Was he? Yeah, and he gives him a tombstone and a, okay. and a suplex, I think. And then Davy Boy comes in and does his suplex power and a power slam. Something else too. Yeah, I mean, there was a bunch else. in there. It was a lot of fun though. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to watch. But while the point of all that with uh, Davy Boy doing all that and not going for the pin is that it started. He go, he actually finally goes for the pin. The I think it's Nightheart comes in and breaks up the count. Yeah. The good guys come in. Uh, melee on the outside. Jimmy yeah. Hart takes advantage of the situation. Passes in the megaphone. Danny Davis megaphone to the back of uh, uh, Bulldog's head. Danny yeah. Davis gets the three count. So exactly. it was Bulldog's own fault. Yes. For losing that match. Yeah, it's a, it's a damn shame, too. It's one of the biggest heartbreakers in the series history for yeah. me. Because it's just like, how how did they lose that match? Yeah. You just, I remember as a kid, like, how does... Th- I knew nothing was right with the world when I saw that. <laughs> I was like, that was so fun to watch. Why did it have to end that way? Yeah. I was so mad when I saw that. It's super fun now yeah. because it, it's very ha-ha now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Just great. Just great. I... I never get tired of it. I yeah. watch that match a lot. It's good stuff. Yeah. Whew. And so next, go from greatness to greatness. Uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan is backstage with Andre the Giant. Andre looks like a statue. He doesn't move at all. It's yeah. just the brain just talking yeah. about how great he is and how he's gonna, how the brain is gonna be famous because Andre is gonna beat the guy that's never been beat or Andre's never been beaten. He's yeah. gonna take the title yeah. away from Hulk. He's gonna be an undefeated yeah. heavyweight champion. Yeah. The whole point about Andre not talking is because Heenan has brainwashed him. Oh, sure. That's the whole point of that. So. I hate that brainwashing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hate it to this day. Yeah, it's yeah. so dumb. It yeah. makes the guy that is, quote, brainwashed sound like an idiot. Yeah. Like so. he has no independent thought and yeah. never will. Brainwashing whatsoever. is garbage anyway. It doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah. It's a conspiracy, McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Illuminati is part of brainwashing. So. Right. All right, I had to get a, a Jesse Ventura in there. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I'm working on it still. Yeah. <laughs> but the next matchup after that is Butch Reed versus Coco Beware. Yes. And Butch Reed with Slick. Yes. I would be remiss if I didn't say this. And I know it's really hard. You know, you like toe the line. You know, we've been having a lot of fun here. I mean, the midgets are going to come after me already. But <laughs> I got to say, I think this is super cool. And I'm not just saying it to say it is that every person involved in this match, manager included, 
It's the first time, and I don't think this has happened a lot even since then, all the participants in the match are African-American. And they, they, I don't think they've done that I a whole lot. I think of any other off the top of my head. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I, I believe it's the first time that happened in the series. I'm actually going to be kind of conscious about it now, like when it yeah. does happen here and there, because I, I just don't think it happens a whole lot. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Uh, Coco Beware and Butch Reed, always solid workers. Butch Reed is one of the consummate powerhouses of the 80s, that's for sure. He yeah. was, uh, consistent, you know, not the most entertaining guy in the world. But if you're in there with a guy like Coco, it's going to be fun. Yeah, and it was so, it was fun. Yeah, My I mean, favorite part of the whole match is the, uh, basically Jesse and Gorilla just take over. They get in their zone, yeah. for sure. They start talking about cheating. Uh, because Butch Reed uh, d- uh, thumbs Coco in the throat, and he uses his body as a shield so the referee doesn't see it. All right. And then he, you know, Jesse's like, oh, I love that move. I used to do that. Yeah. And then... uh he goes, you know, she's that ref, and then, like, Grill's like, he's like, that's smart wrestling, and Grill's like, oh, it's dirt, dirty wrestling. He goes, well, it's it's winning wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> and then later on, Coco does it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, and Grill's like, well, you know, turnabout's fair play. <laughs> and he's <laughs> like, hey, yeah, I won't deny it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that part, the whole thumb in the throat, and it comes full circle. Yeah. But, yeah, and, and this is this is a fine match, and it's got pretty cool historical significance, like I said. Yeah. But it's just kind of a good TV match at the end of the day. Yeah, and like I was saying at the beginning of the show about good stuff getting overshadowed, this was sandwiched between two really good matches, so yeah. it does kind of... I think, like, my initial watching it kind of didn't stand out to me because of that, you know, yeah. just um, just because of where it was placed. Like I said, but it was a good match, and Coco was one of my favorites as a kid, so... Yeah. The only other things I got to think about in that match are... Uh, gorilla ripping on Slick's outfit, yeah. uh, saying he doesn't have $39 worth of stuff on him <laughs> <Yeah>. right now. <laughs> and then Tito doing Gorilla a favor, apparently, by uh, yeah. getting rid of the clothes. At ripping the end his of the jack in half. And trying to... I never understood the the reasoning behind someone coming out to attack someone, like a guy trying to attack a guy and just by undressing him. Like, how is that? I don't understand that. Yeah, I guess you just want to, like, hit him? Humiliating, yeah. I guess. It's like, if he just, it's a mismatch just beating his ass, you know, because Slick small guy, Tito big guy, you know, by I, comparison. I guess. But, you know, and then Slick had beat him with the cane so much over those last few weeks, apparently he's finally got his revenge on So basically, the whole story is that Tito's waiting in the wings. Yeah. He doesn't even really duck out for his match. He's still, like, back there yeah. looming around. He's just fuming at the at the entrance waiting for the end of the match. Yeah, pretty much. He picked the spot, yeah. which is very, very sly of yeah. I say That's a very heel move of <laughs> <Yeah>. him, actually. <laughs> but so, yeah, Butchery did actually win the match with the... He cheated... He Thank got the roll-up with the tights. Yeah, reverse high cross-body roll-up, tights in hand. Well, yeah, because yeah, uh, Coco got the cross-body, and he reversed with the momentum and roll-up tights victory. Yeah. I don't think Coco is going to have any high points on his win-loss record throughout this series. No. But uh, it's sad, but hey, you know. That's about it for that match, Chris. <laughs> yep. I mean, uh, I'm just, it's, I see it right there under the sheet. The match. Uh, which we have, you know, we even said, and in case you forgot, we're going to do a master list at the end of this series. We'll do eras, and then we're going to do the master one. But uh, this match, where is it going to wind up when it's, it's all said and done? Some would argue it could be number one. Could some be, maybe. Could, There's some be. matches off the top of my head I can think that may beat it, but it's going to be up there. And we got Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, challenger, with George the Animal Steel. 
who challenged the champion in the previous WrestleMania, Macho Man Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth. And about five stars after this, what yeah. can you say? I mean, yeah. what can be said that hasn't been said about the match, you know? It's been talked about ever since the minute it stopped happening. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 never died. It doesn't deserve to. It's going to go on forever. They'll be showing this match to kids to show up at wrestling school for yeah. the next 100, 200 years. If you know? you've ever bought a WrestleMania retrospective, an Intercontinental title retrospective, a Savage DVD, or a Steamboat DVD, there's a 90% chance that this match is on it. Higher so than that. You 100%. Prob- yeah, you probably own this match more times like, at least four or five times. Yeah. The only ones I can think of that I've bought more are the ladder match at 10 yeah. and the Iron Man match at 12. Right. It's, it's just, it's ridiculously good. It's it's not overrated in the least. Yeah. It's crisp. It's clear. It's it's timeless. It's ageless. It just, was ahead of its time and timeless at the same time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I truly believe at the end of that match, whenever Monsoon and Jesse are just saying, you, you could... You could go on and on and on after this and not see a better match than that. Yeah. I truly believe that they felt that at the time legitimately. Yeah. And there's so. there's just the the right amount of in-the-ring action, technical ability, uh, just entertainment, um, outside-the-ring stuff, uh, manager and valet interaction. I mean, it's all there. So. Yeah. Even the finish of the match. I mean, the finish isn't clean. I mean, it's yeah. uh, George pushes uh, Savage off the, the top turnbuckle while uh, Dave Hebner's passed out on the floor, yeah. legit passed out on the floor, basically. Or <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, the bump is terrible. I said the only flaw in the match is the over-dramatic spazziness yeah, just of a Hebner, Dave Hebner. Uh, that's just a Hebner family curse, I think. I don't know if I don't know if Brian does it, but, yeah, I don't but know. Earl and Dave do, where he's like, because he, they're coming out of the, the turnbuckle, Savage has... Uh, out of the corner, Savage has Steamboat, and they do the thing where they spin around like two or three times. Yeah, like a dosey do Yeah, almost, and then yeah. Savage ends up throwing Steamboat back into the, the corner that he came from. And, of course, Hebner is, they're both always up in the middle of everything. Yeah. So he's right there, he gets smashed, and then he, he falls to the side, spasms, flails, and then falls to the mat. Just dead fishes on his yeah. back, where he should have landed right on his face. Right. But he decides to turn over yeah. and... Hebners are always too ever present in a match, and if that if there's anything bad I can say about the match, it's that. Yeah. So it's fun but, watching him blow up halfway. Yeah, through it, but even then, I mean, he still did stay out of it a good portion of it. Yeah. He does kind of. They always want to be like patting the guy on the back, getting up in the middle, just stop yeah. it. But it doesn't detract any at all, yeah. really. The match is too good for it. Yeah. I just want to find something to complain about. Oh, no, and anytime sure. I can get a dig in my Hebner, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> yes. That's what you've come to expect here at the Wrestling House Show. We will never stop until they do. And even then, we'll still find old matches to yeah. watch. Like, it's like, God damn it, Hebner. <laughs> you ruined so, yeah. your childhood. Um, the same way that he went on to beat Ric Flair the next year for the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, the same way Sting beat Ric Flair in 1990, a body slam reverse into a small package. Yeah. One, two, three, all she wrote. Steamboat is the new champ. Steamboat's the new champ. Not for law. <laughs> yeah, but still. Mania. Yeah. It was it's it's amazing. It's amazing. No. It's just I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah. Uh I, I, I gotta I'm taking a few seconds out here to say I hate the the thing I really hate about the new DVDs is the uh music edits. 
because mm-hmm. I always want to hear that Alan Parsons song with Steamboat because it's so yeah, powerful. Yeah. And, you know, Steamboat's replacement song is better than most of the ones they've been using in these right. series, but it just that's the only thing missing. I just want to hear that music that gives me the proper chill. Right. But, you know, nitpicking once yeah. again. And so. it's, yeah, watching, like, the DVD when they replace the music, you can tell that the music's replaced because it gets really loud. Fink's got to go in and yeah. recut his intro. They, because Steamboat was given an interview before the match, and you yeah. could barely hear the end of his yeah. interview because his music obviously starts before he finishes, mm-hmm. so that dragon music or whatever it is gets mm-hmm. put in, like, twice as loud as it should be. Exactly. I hate that so bad. Yeah. Whatever. Just pay a couple of bucks. God. <laughs> sure, it's more than a couple. Well, you know, but they got they got they, millions they have of dollars, of money, you, know? you know. Yeah, I'm just I'm just saying, paying Alan Parsons, uh, you know, for a few seconds isn't as bad as like paying the five minutes for the Metallica Sandman intro. Yeah, you right. know. <laughs> anyway, moving on. After that, uh, you know, a bunch of other stellar workers show up. We got Jake the Snake Roberts with, uh, I've gone on record with this, my favorite songwriter and huh? performer in all of music, Alice Cooper. So I, I love the fact that my favorite ever is a part of WrestleMania history. Yeah. That that's big with me. Yeah. And yes, Alice is legitimately from Detroit, so it's very very cool that he got to do that in the arguably one of the biggest WrestleManias of all time. Yeah. I'm cool with that. Well technically the biggest and ninety three thousand is holds yeah. up. And uh it's 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 yin and yang in this match for sure, the ultimate ham. Yeah. Uh the greatest intercontinental champion of all time, Chris? The Hockey Talk he, Man? He says so. Yeah. So we need to have that show <laughs> sometime. <laughs> so, uh, Hockey, uh, a few, few months uh, before his intercontinental title win, and this is the uh, the newly dubbed Colonel, Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. Yeah, sure. Uh, some of our all-time favorites are involved in this match. Yeah. Chris, Jake the Snake, one of your favorites. Right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I hated him when I was a kid. But yeah. And when I got older, I learned why I hated him so much and loved him for it. So. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, and he's uh, yeah, it's a good match, and it, I mean, it's a it's a solid match, and like I said, there's so much on this show. It's like, yeah, it's good. It doesn't rake in the top few just because of the fact that there's a lot of other really great stuff on the show. Yeah. But it's still like that doesn't take anything away from. What it is, and it's a fun match, and like you were saying, you were expecting like Roberts to just like put put Honky Tonk away, and like two minutes, yeah, yeah, and he doesn't. Honky Tonk actually gets the win, yeah. cheats, but he does it. He cheats and he wins. Gets schoolboy roll up and holding onto the ropes at the same time. Kind of the kind of the bookends of the pre and post match of this. No, I I love because they show the setup to the feud, and they show Honky Tonk hitting Jake in the snake pit with a guitar no. with the not rigged guitar. Yeah. <laughs> that gave Jake a legitimate concussion yeah. according to him. And it's just like ow when you watch that. Yeah. But then at the end of the match, as soon as Roberts chases him down ringside and smashes the guitar into toothpicks, yeah, literally it just explodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a cool shot is that. And yeah. the way it sounded, the way it looked, yeah. it was just like, wow, he got out of there with his head intact. Yeah, because Honky Tonk ducks out of the way and he ends up smashing it into the ring post. Yeah. Did did anybody at ringside get splinters? I mean, I'm serious, man. <laughs> that thing just exploded. Yeah. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. And we almost got a bonus match out of it, which would have been so cool. Yeah, they could have done that. Alice Cooper and Jimmy Hart, which they both weigh like 105 pounds. Yeah. Pretty much. And, yeah, two uh, music men right yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah and music they... and all yeah. that. It totally could have happened. But... I'd still buy a ticket for that match. <laughs> yeah. It, it could still happen. It could. It could. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, but after the match, uh, Roberts ends up grabbing Jimmy Hart and has him in the full Nelson. Is like laughing like a maniac yeah. while Alice Cooper has Damien is like going up slowly towards him. He never actually puts him on top of him, but Roberts does afterwards. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. And uh, Alice has handled snakes that size in the show anyway, so yeah. he was no stranger to that. I like so how he looks kind of awkward for a guy that handled snakes yeah. on a nightly basis. He almost kind of looked a little awkward with the snake, but maybe it's because it wasn't his. Yeah, yeah. That, like, oh, here you go, he's dude. He's in front of like all those people, and it's just a new scenario. So I don't know. Yeah, it's not. It's not his wheelhouse for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and I like how they always say like, "Oh, Damien almost had well, like dinner tonight or whatever," and it's like Damien looks like the most uninterested creature in the world. He's just like, yeah. put me down. I think Frankie had a better shot at eating Jimmy <laughs> <Yeah>. that night. <laughs> so, yeah. I wanted to give a shout to Frankie because we didn't in yeah. that match. So. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. That's it's good. good. Yet, yet another cheat to win moment there. Yep. And Hockey Talk Man. Moving on here. Uh, it's kind of another cool down, I think, almost. I guess on yeah. paper they wanted it to be a cool down, but uh, yeah. it was still, I think, you know, this match... It, it's got that bad positioning, like you said. You can't win in that position because no. it's right before the main event. But uh, you know, a fun tag team match. Actually, the winners of the match of the night at WrestleMania one: Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik. Uh, not with titles this time, but a new manager in Slick. Slick like took over for every one of the charges of like uh, Blassie and uh, <laughs> a few other guys. Like he just grabbed all of them yeah. whenever they were all leaving. Uh, but they face the killer bees, sans masks. That'd been fun yeah, for yeah. them to do the mask bit during right. during this time. But I, you know, maybe they weren't doing it at the time. I don't. I uh, I don't know enough about the bees to know when the masks started yeah. happening. I know they brought it out in Survivor Series that year, but that's mm-hmm. all I know about it. But you know, they're fun to watch in this match. Yeah. And uh, well, one of the. <laughs> Uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan is a part oh, of this match. Yeah, I'm sorry, Chris. Yeah. we got to talk about this. So Thank Sheik you. and Volkov come out with Slick, and of course Volkov wants everybody to be quiet because he's about to sing the, uh, the Russian National Anthem. And he starts singing, and then Hacksaw comes running out to the ring with his 2x4, his and he's like, <laughs> you're not allowed to sing your National Anthem. This is the land of the free. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> that, you mean, you that's a quote too. Chris yeah, is that's not even that's a direct quote. You're not even paraphrasing. It you at are all. free not to sing your song or be proud of your heritage. Yeah, exactly. So. Yes, and I, I stress once again, Chris, you are not paraphrasing. You are not taking that quote out of context. Hacksaw actually did say, "You are not singing the Russian national anthem because this is the land of the free." Right. So he has a, a fatal and fundamental misunderstanding of the basis of America. So I just think that's hilarious. Our American hero hacks. Yeah. It's so heartbreaking <laughs> that 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 our our one of our ambassadors of America in the pro wrestling community right. is severely flawed in his logic, <laughs> and a true patriot wouldn't say that. Yeah. They would just say. You're stupid, but <laughs> right. I have to respect your... Uh... You can do what you want, but you're yeah. dumb. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. not dumb because you're Russian, you're dumb because you're a stupid man. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't think Volkov is stupid, yeah. nor do I think the Sheik is stupid. Um, but... You need to tell me that there was a lot of xenophobia in the 80s? No. In wrestling? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, anyway. I'm sorry. Sarcasm, yes. 
So, but Hacksaw apparently has a fundamental misunderstanding of the rules of wrestling too, because <laughs> they're having the match and it's it's fine. It's yeah. it's pretty. It's kind of short. Things start to break down. Hacksaw starts to chase Volkov around the ring like twice. This is one of the best reactions you're going to see in any show ever, really. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, I forget which of the bees is in the ring. It's, it's yeah. one of them. Uh, and he's they're fighting the Sheik. Uh, Sheik has one of the bees in a in the camel clutch. Yeah. And Volkov cuts through the middle of the ring to try to lose Hacksaw. Yeah. Hacksaw goes into the ring, gets behind Sheik. Looks at looks at the sheik, looks at the crowd, and just smashes him with his two by four right right in front of the referee. Yeah. So like, pump the brakes, man. Yeah. Well, hey, camel clutch match over. Yeah. If anything, he just saved him from like losing all the way. Uh, so. sure. Yeah. So, but I love it because the the live reaction of the match is the best. Yeah. Because everything like this happening, and it's so funny to see. Yeah. And then Jesse Ventura just goes, "Oh, yeah." <laughs> He's just so defeated. Yeah. Like, why would he do that? Yeah. Why wouldn't he do that though? <laughs> I don't think he knows. So. <laughs> yeah. So Hacksaw's... I don't know why I was so mesmerized this time around by Sheik's pants. I was I, I was I was digging the Sheik's pants in here because the, the boots are cool enough, man. Uh, the Those... boots are I don't know about the boots, but the pants are fine. The the boots still make you uncomfortable, huh? They don't make me uncomfortable. Yeah. I think they're impractical and silly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, yes, Volkov and Sheik as a team, yeah, are undefeated at WrestleMania two and zero. Yeah. So, in, a, in a, one of the great tag teams in the history of WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll totally buy that. Oh. I get on board with that. Just thought of that. <laughs> good, good for you. <laughs> um, so, that's that's pretty much the match. It was it was kind of fun, but it was just... These next two were just kind of cooldowns leading up to the big main event, which finally gets here. Actually, it, it doesn't seem like that long of a show. It doesn't take much to get through. It's an easy watch, yeah, really. Yeah, for a three-hour show, it's yeah. just like... Yeah. yeah. So, um... Uh, Hogan has his second big interview of the night, uh, and this one actually live and not tape delayed. But yeah. um, he says something about like slamming the giant and the world shaking, and he's afraid for the safety of the Hulkamaniacs outside the arena because of the earthquake or something along those lines. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing yeah. pretty horribly. Because somehow he could make an earthquake happen, but he couldn't cave the roof in? Yes. I yeah. don't understand that logic. <laughs> logic is not apparent in... Oh. In 80s wrestling. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Has it ever been or ever will be? Uh, uh, some people have logic. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, but, got? yeah, and then they bring out Bob Uecker to do the announcing. He's uh, the official guest ring announcer. Yeah. And, and Mary Hart to do the uh, the official timekeeping. The most thankless job in the history. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not much of one anyway, I no. understand. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's a showpiecing. So. And so Andre the Giant with uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan versus Hulk Hogan. The WWF champion for the title. Yes. And, uh, you know, it, uh, hey, how many times have we said this? It's not a Matt classic. Yeah. But it's really, if you point to one of the most historical matches in the history of the business, yeah, definitely. this is one of them. Yeah. This is the match that drew the house. Exactly. You yeah. know, we, we, we love talking about how great it is to see the Intercontinental title match. It's the show Steeler... No Jesse, doubt. Yeah, Jesse even said it's still the show. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's the show stealer. When they talk about Mania 3, they love talking about it. We love talking about it. All the fans do. It's fun seeing guys like Bret Hart and his kind of infancy of his major career. Yeah. A lot of cool things happen on the show. But it, it is true. No matter what my opinion on Hulk Hogan is, Andre gets a massive legendary pass from anybody, I think, yeah. and rightfully so. Yeah. 
He's one of the greatest attractions ever. You know, this is the match that drew the house. This is a, a match that defined an era. Yeah. So Hulk and Andre was so big, I even heard about it, and I wasn't a fan. Right. My friends were like, oh my god, Hulk Hogan slammed Andre the Giant. Yeah. It was just, it was the biggest thing going. It was just, it was, it was crazy. It was amazing. Yeah. And I can't, you know what I kind of miss in watching this now is the old Coliseum video has a lot of the extra footage. They go out to the, the tailgate parties and oh, they yeah. interview the fans. And, like, most of them actually said, Andre, oh, Andre's going to kill him. He's going to, I remember this kid going, he's going to kick him around the ring for about ten minutes and then pin him. <laughs> that was the match he had like in that. his head. Yeah. <laughs> just kick, kick, kick. Yeah. And then that was it. But, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, apparently Andre wasn't even close to being healthy enough to really oh, do the yeah. match, and he does it anyway. And it's still a fun match to watch. Honestly, yeah. it is. I yeah. mean, it makes sense for the most part, watching the match. I mean, it's a slugfest, and it's slow and plodding like you would expect it to be. I yeah. mean, Andre, it's an Andre the Giant match, yeah. but it's a good match. Yeah. Um, they have a story in the ring. Uh, it's not too long, so you don't get bored with it. Yeah. It's uh, like, yeah. what, about 12 minutes, maybe, yeah, or something like that? maybe yeah. about that. Um, yeah. It ends up being like, they're going back and forth, and of course, Hogan can't get Andre down. Eventually, Hogan, like, little back and forth, ends up in a big bear hug for what seems like a minute or two. And I th- I don't know if it's that one or four, but wh- whoever took a photo of Andre bear-hugging Hogan, that, yeah. I guess maybe it was that match. That, I to me, is was. the most iconic photo you could pull. There's a lot of iconic photos. There's the one where really early in the match, Andre slams, like does a body slam, scoop slam on Hogan. Yeah. And he's got that thing where he's like on one elbow and he's like reaching towards the sky like in the the foreground of the photo. Yeah. That's pretty iconic too. Yeah. Yeah, the whole thing about can he knock him off his feet. Yeah. Yeah, and this is is also, you know, uh, revisionist history on Vince McMahon's part because, you know, uh, it's, I understand his mentality of well, if we didn't do it, they didn't see it. Yeah. I can understand a lot of that rationale. I really can. I'm not. I'm not really trying. Yeah, to... Especially in the '80s. Yeah, I'm not trying to crap on him for that. But it's funny how Hogan had slammed Andre two times prior to this. Yeah. Like in big shows. Like yeah. I think there was an AWA Stadium show where he did it, and I think I heard that Hogan also slammed him at Shea Stadium. Oh, really? Those are pretty big shows. That's pretty big. <laughs> you know, it's just like, uh, you know, I. It's kind of weird that they went with it, but you know, people bought into it. So yeah. you know, he's he's right and I'm wrong in this <laughs> right. instance. But the whole thing about him never being knocked down ever. And man, when he hits that just little elbow forearm thing, and Andre hits the the floor, that's yeah. a reaction that people would give their whole life savings yeah. to have in a match. <laughs> right. I mean, they, they just they just went nuclear. Yeah, and it was a cool moment too. Yeah, because he gets he gets. He starts to kind of hulk up out of the bear hug, but not like over the top cheesy. Yeah. It is a little bit, but it's not like big time. I'm gonna even... go around, stomp around the ring, and point at you, Hulk up. It's just he he gets the strength and he pulls out. He starts punching him in the head until yeah. he lets go, and then he does eventually, like you said, he, he knocks him down. Yeah, this is a lot more normal, organic Hulk Hogan. Yeah. all the cheesy stuff's gonna come in the later on in the yeah. series yeah. here. So and so that pretty much leads to the end. I mean, he starts getting the upper hand. He knocks him over. When he gets up, he just real quickly just scoop. Slams him and yeah. leg drop finish. Yeah. And 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 anybody that ever bashes that slam, how dare you? Because that's as good as it could have gone. Oh yeah, I mean that's a that's a that's well, a pretty cool. I I understand when when they say he like he like uh, lifted him over his head and slammed him. He didn't. Yeah, he body slammed him exactly. 
But yeah, Hogan I, would tell that's you he press say, slammed that's, him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the way people talk about it, like, well, the way that WWE talks about it in Revisionist History is he, like, lifted him, like, press slammed him over the top of his head and, like, tossed him halfway across the ring. Yeah. Which he did not. But yeah. still, getting that man who is not, does not have the physical capabilities anymore to help you really yeah. to in order to slam him, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. I give Hogan a lot of credit for that spot. Yeah. And, uh, I give Andre a lot of credit for even taking it in the first place. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, like Vince had to talk Andre into this, into doing this match like a lot. Yeah. Like apparently it was like over the last few months, even before that, they didn't know if they had the match or not, right? Or if he was ready to go. So I mean, it, it's kind of a miracle it happened, but it's one of those things like, you know, I can't imagine what the alternate universe is where this match didn't happen. Yeah. It was, it's just so massive. Yeah. Who just, knows? Just wow. Leg drop. One, two, three, Hulk Hogan. Uh, three years running as world champion at this point. Yep. Which is crazy to think. Still, yeah. even in this day and age where we just had one that went a year and changed. Uh, but wacky things will happen. But that's part four, Chris. Yes. So before we get out of here, we got a couple of awards to give out. We, we did, at the top of the show, have our standard bearer for opening national anthems. But uh, it's also time for best promo, Chris. Yeah. Who had the best interview of the night? Not a whole lot really stood out. Well, it's not that they were bad, but they weren't just like, like, oh my god, that was either A, hilarious, or wow, super, super intense, you know? Like Hercules trying to convince you that he actually really is Hercules. Yeah, a thousand years. Well, a thousand years ago, and blah, blah, whatever. No. <laughs> uh, Macho Man. His, Which his, one? The first the, one or the second one? Well, the first one wasn't an interview. It was, that yeah. was Miss Elizabeth getting interviewed and he interrupted, which was the funny one. Yeah. And then he comes back right before his match and he's actually pretty serious and he's basically, he says, I'm the Lord and Master of the Ring. And yeah, yeah, it was intense, uncomedic macho man. And it was really cool. He didn't get those a lot, especially yeah. later on. So. Yeah. I think after, after his uh, initial massive heel run after the second time around when he turned on Hogan later yeah. on. Yeah. He was still really serious, but that was the last really great run of great yeah. Macho Man interviews. But this was a great... I like to combine these two as to say Macho Man just ran away with it for the whole night. Both promos right. and the match. It, sure. it was... It was he, he lost his match, man, yeah. but it was his night. Yeah. And uh, we have one more thing to do, as we have done for the first two, and we will continue to do, and even into a more ridiculous, epic sense of all-time matches, but let's just keep it in WrestleMania 3, Chris. Okay. Let's rank them bottom to top. No spoiler for the top, but let's see where it all lies in the middle. Yeah. Alright, uh, well, the there were 12 matches on the show. The match that unfortunately lands at the bottom of the list was Billy Jerk Haynes versus Hercules. Yes, which would have been a lot higher if it had been on WrestleMania 2. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there was so much good on the show, and it wasn't it wasn't a really fun match to watch. It was okay, yeah. and the ending a double count out hurt it significantly. Oh, so that'll do it for me. Yeah, so. so and everything after this, I, I you know, um, no disrespect to Hercules, but uh, everything after this is totally I'm totally cool with any of these yeah. matches. They just happened to. Like I said, it have to be on this match where it's one of the big show of shows. It so. was kind of hard ranking, like up from here to th- the top four. Yeah, it was kind of it was really hard to rank these because they're all pretty, they're all good, entertaining matches. Yeah. So, uh, but the next one at number eleven was Butch Reed versus Coco Beware. Yes, which we talked about. It was it was a cool match, yeah. but placement it was sandwiched between the six man tag match 
and the Intercontinental title match, and it was it was just a match, you know. I mean, yeah. it, it was fine. Yeah, I'd say it's pretty tied with number ten, but yeah, you know, you know, yeah. <laughs> number ten was the uh, pre-main event uh, tag match: the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov versus the Killer Bees. Which, of course, Hacksaw's illogic had a part in that. It, it was still a fun amped match. Amped up the entertainment value. Yeah, of the it match. was still a fun match, and the crowd was was into it. But uh, it's it just wasn't as good as a lot of the other matches on the show. Yeah, I think the the, the tag match at the beginning was better, and I believe it's the next one, right? Yeah, the Can Am Connection versus uh, uh, Morocco and Cowboy Bob Orton yes. was number nine. Which, like I said, good fun opener. That's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, good, fast pace. Um, just nothing nothing super awesome, but nothing bad either. Yeah. Morocco opened uh, two Manias in a row, by the way. Yeah, yeah. But uh, this one was way better than the WrestleMania 2 yeah. match. Yeah, with the yeah. Orndorff. That thing sucked. <laughs> yes. Uh, next up at number eight was the Ru- Fabulous Rougeos versus the Dream Team of uh, uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine and Brutus Beefcake. Yes, absolutely. Fun match. Which- would have been great on TV, especially like yeah. that. That mat, all the implications of that match, everything would have been just fine on a Saturday night's main event. Yeah, yeah, definitely just fine. Uh, number seven was the, the humiliation match: uh, King Harley Race versus Junkyard Dog. Which yeah. said Harley Race was awesome in that match. Yeah. Junkyard Dog is always amazingly charismatic, um, and good finish. I mean, just a belly to belly. Kind of out of nowhere, I guess. I mean, yeah. it seems out of place, but it yeah. it was a good finish for a 1987 match. Yeah. I always get that nice, positive chill whenever he puts the robe on and kind of just slowly marches <laughs> down the road. Just, yeah. That, to me, that, that part always puts a smile on my face for some reason. That's, yeah. that's, I always think about that when I think of him. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, up next, at number six, was the six-man mixed tag, the uh, Hillbilly Gym. Oh, I'm going to have to do it again. Little Beaver, Haiti Kid, versus King Kong Bundy, Little Tokyo, and Lord Littlebrook. Yes. So, like we said, you, not... You could argue, of course, the scientific relevance of where we place this. Scientific, yeah. But, yeah. entertainment value, yeah. historical significance, this match has got it all. <laughs> yeah, and that's why it's number six and not, yeah. like, lower on the card. Because it's, it's a super fun match to watch. Yeah. It's... Really short, no pun intended, and it's uh, it's just a good. It's what pro wrestling like entertainment value is, you know. I didn't feel shortchanged at all. Oh god. Um. Next up at number five was Jake the Snake Roberts versus the Honky Tonk Man. Yes. Solid match. Solid workers. Good stuff. I love the clash of styles. Yeah. It probably would have been ranked higher, but these next four matches were just. No question that these had to be the top four matches yeah. on the show. Maybe some shock value coming up here. I'm sure some people may have a problem with some of these, but eh. I, in my heart of hearts, this is where I rank them. And thankfully, Chris, we agreed 100%. Yeah. This is the top four yeah. in order. We don't do this willy-nilly. We actually discuss and reason. And it is scientific, damn it. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> match number four, the fourth best match on the show. Uh, Adrian Adonis versus Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Like I said, the first really, probably the really first great match, stellar yeah. match in Mania history. Yeah. I mean, I, I really enjoyed the tag title match in two, really enjoyed the tag title match in one, Yeah, and the main event's fun. Right. But 
this, this is, is the first yeah. great match of WrestleMania for, for for my money. It really is super fun match. Crowd's super into it. Really wow. intense. Action never stops. Yeah. And uh, after match shenanigans that just put it over the top. So. Absolutely. Uh, third best match on the show is the main event. Yep. Hulk and Andre. We couldn't say enough nice things about your match, but there are some things where we have our reasonings for maybe not ranking you as high, as as significant as your match is. Yeah. But you have to settle for number three tonight, guys. Yeah, and that's just a testament to how good the show was. Exactly. Uh, And the number two match was the other six-man tag match, the Hart Foundation and Danny Davis versus the British Bulldogs and Tito Santana. There's too much talent in this. Danny Davis aside, there's too much talent in this for me to deny this match anything lower than number two. It just, I can't do it. You know, uh, if anyone would accuse us of fanboying for the Bulldogs and the Hearts and saying that, you know, our logic is clouded, it's it's not. Just watch them in this match. Yeah. Even if this is the only match you ever see of these guys, you yeah. know why we say this. And, and like we said, they, they told the story in the ring. Like, you could have the sound off and you would know what was happening yeah. and understand exactly where all these characters fit in this in in this scenario. Yeah, even, and, even if you had been in the live crowd, yeah. I'll even go a step further. If there you've been in you the go, live yeah. crowd, you would see this guy standing in the ring like, why is he not getting in the ring? Something's up here. Yeah. You know? And he told it right then and there. He comes yeah. in, be like, he was only in the ring for five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Two kicks and out. Yeah. <laughs> like six times. Yeah. The story was told. It's, yeah. it's a great match. Yeah. It's and, of course, I mean, the wrestling ability of most of those guys is, like, second to none. So, yeah. and, and those things together and just pure nonstop entertainment match, our factor puts that over the main event, and in yeah. our opinions. A match that should be talked about more in retrospect. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, of course, that leaves, no surprise, the Intercontinental title match. Champion Randy Savage versus challenger Ricky Steamboat. Yeah. Of course. I mean, I don't know. I need to say anything about that. Which leads to questions down the road that we will answer maybe on a future show. Is it the greatest Intercontinental title match of all time? Is it the greatest WrestleMania match of all time? Maybe. You'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. You have to tune in. Maybe go to the website. Yeah. So, Chris, we have a goal now. WrestleMania 4, we got to do it. We got to sit down, take those four hours out of our life. I don't want to. And then and, and do the damn thing, possibly for the last time. I hope order, so. We, we, we got we gotta, we gotta to put this I one down. I cannot imagine any reason why I would sit down and watch that if I weren't being forced to by you. <laughs> Oh yes, I am. I'm a. I'm. I'm a major heel now because <laughs> yeah. of this. Apparently, I feel terrible. <laughs> and there's gonna be a lot of where are they now. So I've got a <laughs> lot of things to do before. Well, yeah, because there's that battle royal in there. That, that battle guys are in that thing. Yeah. Or, like the tournament itself. Yeah, we're just gonna have to open up with a where are they now yeah. extended segment, extended remix. It will happen. But until then, Chris, we're gonna get out of here for the night. So let's do it. Social media epicness on the Wrestling House Show, Chris. Yeah. Uh, go to cnjradio.com to find the Twitter page, which uh, we do all sorts of social media goodness over there every day of the week, maybe sometimes. Uh, go to our Facebook, which is also a link from the dot com. 
leave us a message. Let us know what you think of the WrestleMania house show. And, yeah, interact and we'll all have a good time. Feel free to send your match rankings from this show. Yeah. Do you agree with us? Our ma- our, one our better rank- than the other? Yeah. I don't think we're, our rankings aren't going to change, but no. we would like to hear your opinions. I, I love opinions. Yeah, it won't, it, won't change. it won't change it off the master list either, but I'd love to know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be really funny next time around because that means they're going to have to have watched WrestleMania 4 like us. <laughs> right. <laughs> Come along you, and suffer with us. Are you us. trying to heal our entire audience? No, I'm just calling our friends. Calling them out. <laughs> a little bit. You got the guts? Do it. Such a jerk. Enjoy your games. <laughs> See you on the next one, guys. Welcome to the WrestleMania House Show, Super Show, Post Show, Joey. Yes. We are. I was headed out the door. We were done with the episode a while ago, actually. And I was headed out the door, and I hear Joey calling my name, calling me back into the room. So I'm sitting down here, Joey, looking at you from across this microphone. Why, why am I still well, here, Joey? Why, are, why, are, why are the listeners still here, Joey? Well, obviously, you stepped in some sort of time hole, like yes. Doctor Strange <laughs> style, like in one of those circular bits. Yeah, yeah. Because it's ten years later, Chris. Let's <laughs> yes. just let's just put that out. Because I, right. I do want to mention that. Yeah. You just listened to an episode we recorded about ten years yeah. ago. I've been here for ten years, Joey. <laughs> Trying to watch all these old I shows. Want to go home. You want to go home? Okay. Before you go home, I need to discuss a couple of things with you. Okay. The other reason why you're thinking to yourself, why didn't you just re-record this episode? You have a better mic at this point, blah, blah, blah. I'm very proud of those episodes. Yeah. And I wanted to maintain those episodes. I did not want to re-record them. Right. Plus, we have so many other shows to review. Yes. If we get just stuck in the WrestleMania vortex, we're never going to get out of anything <laughs> else. So, it was important for me. I was like, let's do a post-show just for a couple of minutes because I actually asked some questions out loud. I brought up some stuff. I like yeah. to do that, as you know. I do know. And I've got some follow-up and a couple of those asterisks that would happen when you're doing a review of a show and then a decade happens afterwards. Right. Things happen. So I'm going to just do a little bit of follow-up and then we'll leave it at that and then we'll get back to our episodes that we are putting out for you in this chronological order here, Chris. Sounds good. Is that enough of a lengthy explanation? <laughs> we got it. Okay, I had pondered out loud, as of that recording, we had not had WrestleMania in Dallas, which technically was in Mm. Arlington, but WrestleMania 32, I believe, that happened out here. I'm sorry you missed it, Chris. Spoiler for the people at home. I saw it. I was just out of the country. He was out of the country. He had a great excuse. (laughs) And I was there. And yes, uh, according to the numbers that they gave us, uh, it did outdraw WrestleMania 3. So. It was important for me to bring up that at the time, of course, that was the most well-attended WrestleMania of all time with the something like 101, 102,000 reported at the Cowboy Stadium, AT&T, whatever it is in Arlington. That is now, even as of this recording, and like 10 more WrestleMania since, (laughs) the highest attended WrestleMania so of all time of all time mm-hmm. as of right now not those combined two-day things that's going to be that a whole count. other yeah. does not count and that's a whole other can of worms yeah. i mean to get to the negative stuff as we uh, do the post show here mm-hmm. three people that we talked about that i did where are they nows on because mm-hmm. obviously once we do all these other shows i'm going to do some updating and the where are they nows will fit right but three participants of wrestlemania 3 have since passed on mm-hmm. so this post show is dedicated to them 
Tom Zink, who was mm. in the opening match, the opening fun little tag match we yeah. talked about, he passed away in 2017. One of our favorites from the whole show, or just in the conglomerate of the mixed match, Lord Littlebrook. Mm, no. uh, yeah, I, I even mentioned in the episode that as of that recording, he wasn't even doing well then. Mm. Well, about three years after, he did pass away in 2016. Yeah. So rest in peace, Lord Littlebrook, the greatest midget bad guy manager of all time and probably the greatest midget wrestling heel of all time. All right, yeah. I will go on record with that. I still never found out if his kids were normal sized, by the way. <laughs> so more on that later, maybe. When we re-release this again in 2033, <laughs> yes. then we'll do the WrestleMania post-post show. Uh, wouldn't that, post-post. Wouldn't that be great if one of his kids at that point had won like a world title right. somewhere of, yeah. of note? Yeah. Even if it's of little note. Right. Oh, come on. <laughs> Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Once again, this is dedicated to Heenan as well. Right. <laughs> and the last, speaking of bad guy managers, yeah. uh, the regular sized ones, Luscious Johnny Valiant. Uh, uh, he passed away in 2018, about mm. five years ago. This is weird. He got hit by a car, Chris. Oh, How sad well, is that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was up there too, but yeah, it's uh, that, that's a weird one. So yeah. yeah, so we've had three people since the recording. That have moved on. And, okay, so a major large question that was looming. As I listened to it, I tried to listen to it as a as a fan, mm-hmm. in a sense. I am a fan of the show. Yeah. You kind of have to be. been so long ago, I forgot what I said. So, <laughs> right. yeah, I'd be listening to it for New Year's. So, I, yeah, and trust me, it happened to me, too, yeah. on that initial one. I had wondered out loud if this was actually Dangerous Danny Davis's first ever wrestling match. Like, ever. Yeah. Because I had a feeling it actually might. Because at that time, I was watching the old primetime wrestling episodes on the new network at that point. Mm-hmm. The old network. <laughs> right. Because it's not there anymore. It's not the Peacock. It's, it's, not, it's the actual yeah. WWE network. Yeah, regular ass, old school WWE. Isn't that weird to say? The yeah. old WWE network. I was totally all in the primetime wrestling at that point. Yeah. And I was around that point where Davis had debuted as a wrestler. Mm-hmm. And they kept every match I saw, they were talking about after mania three so i was like Mm. was that his first match and this is in a world before really i knew about things like cage match and all those websites that like crunch that data yeah and i love them for it it's so much better than the average wikipedia reference for for sure sure. because i didn't read this on wikipedia Mm. as i did quite a bit on those early episodes i apologize the 10 years later me is like smacking myself get off the wikipedia so much do some extra homework sir but i can tell you According to sites such as that, and I believe I did get this intel off of Cage Match, it mm. was not Dangerous Danny Davis's first match. And I'm not talking about Nightmare Dan Davis either. <laughs> There's a reference for you. No, Dangerous Danny Davis. It was his fifth match wow, okay. ever yeah. in the company. And of course, it was all house shows sure. leading up to it. Just making sure, he, make sure yeah, he wouldn't stink up the joint. Exactly. And speaking of that, I'm glad you mentioned that, Chris. His first match, he does a tag match. With Bret Hart as his partner, uh, yeah, so sure. how is he going to even remotely suck? Right, <laughs> with Bret in there. I mean, yeah, it was too big to fail at that right. point. So, yeah, fifth match ever in front of you know eighty to ninety thousand yeah. people. Yeah, that's uh, and probably in fear of his life at that point. Yeah. I do need to bring up one other thing because I don't see myself talking about this on any of the other super shows down mm. the pike. I had a brief encounter as you saw with Dangerous Danny Davis at WrestleCon in mm. New Orleans for WrestleMania. Yes. And 
It was, I, I love WrestleCon, Chris. You know this. Yes, I I've do. talked it up quite a bit. The hour or so that we were at that WrestleCon, it was in the smallest room they could have possibly booked. Right. And it was just shoulder to shoulder, nuts to butts kind of room. And it was horrible, honestly. Yeah. So at one point where we're just trying to get out of there and it's like you're just literally like just sandwiched into people yeah. and you're just going with the crowd. As I'm like at my most hallucinogenic, <laughs> sweaty, mentally need to leave this room, claustrophobic, yeah. I look over and I just kind of tilt my head to the side and we're by all the gimmick tables hmm. and there he is, Dangerous Danny Davis. <laughs> And this is a man who took a tombstone pile driver and a power slam in front of 90,000 people. And when he won that match (laughs) and they carried him out, I probably resembled what he looked like (laughs) at that point. And Dangerous Danny Davis, of all people, looked me in the eye and said, Man, are you all right? (laughs) So there you go. Joey was not all right. (laughs) I was not okay. (laughs) By the way, once again, I love WrestleCon. You should support it. But I think even they realized that that room sucked. What that did you year. say to him? I was <laughs> like, oh, oh. It, was, it was one of those for sure. I and mean, he just like nod, like, mm, yeah, okay. I was like, thank, thanks, man, thanks, brother, appreciate, appreciate you, big fan, big fan, you know, like that kind of thing. Not that big of a fan, right. but I appreciate the In sentiment. that moment, you were a huge Danny Davis fan. I was like, thank you for being concerned yeah. with me, sir. I only wanted you to die in 1987, <laughs> <Right>. but okay. <laughs> and you know what? Honestly. That's about it. It's about it on the follow-up, Chris. All right, yeah. So um, the only other thing I wanted to say as we wrap up this WrestleMania three post-show. Yes. Chris, it's still a great show, isn't it? WrestleMania three, yeah. yeah. It's, it's still, I don't know. I don't know if we'll do our overall rankings for WrestleManias when we finally get oh, to them all and kind be, of catch up. But I would love to do that. We never even talked about ranking the show as yeah, a right, whole. Yeah, we're, so. we're trying to do the matches. I just gave us more work to do. As we wrap up here, I'm sure somebody out there listening is going, well, well, Joey, does Chris still have nightmares over the zoomed-in close-up of Moolah's face? And I'm here to tell you, the answer is what, Chris? Uh, Yeah, every night. Okay. (laughs) Pretty much. Bunny, obviously, looking to make a great squash out of some bitches. Oh, he got caught with the momentum right into the top of the wall. Landed that knee right into the high cervical vertebrae area of the back. I'll tell you, you got an answer for everything, Gorilla. Well, that's why I'm here to keep it in line. Well, I'll tell you, Gorilla, it's not nearly over yet. It's been unbelievable. That last match was a classic. I haven't seen any better in all my 11 or 12 years. What about your 50 years of wrestling? Well, it certainly was a classic conversation. Gorilla, you know it feels real strange to call a grown man gorilla.